This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. All right, well, let's get to work tonight. And so take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to continue. We've been here in verse 5 for some time, and it requires a great journey uh, in, in the faith as we uh, examine the Scriptures on a proposed question that uh, comes from verse number 5. And uh, it's a question that I'm sure you have asked yourself from time to time, and maybe perhaps uh, someone has asked you about this circumstance, this possibility, if we frame it that way. John is writing, the year is AD 96. He's on the island of Patmos. He's there because of the preaching of the word of God. And the scripture says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now the question uh, that perhaps you have been I know I have been asked, is the book of life the same thing as the Lamb's book of life? We have a lot to say about that. Again, I'm taking you the long way around, verse 5 to verse 6. And there are some very important doctrinal themes that we have to discuss. Uh, in fact, cardinal doctrines of Scripture. And we cannot omit that as we get to a verse like this. And we'll find ourselves in similar verses throughout the study uh, in this great, great chapter. It's hard to believe we've been here for such a long time and are only... Uh, a fraction of the way through verse number five of chapter three. So we want to talk about, we've talked about the doctrine of salvation, the bottom line, Jesus being the only way. Uh, I want to talk about tonight uh, the assurance of salvation. We will move from this discussion to the doctrine of eternal security. But I want to give you tonight... Uh, as time permits, this this journey, this study in in verse number five again, and answer the questions about the assurance of salvation. And so the question is this, Pastor: Is it really possible to know for sure that you're saved? Is that possible? Well, I'm going to give you some characteristics tonight that line up with that. If you're going to be honest with yourself you will admit the same thing that I have since I was saved in 1963. And that is this. The devil will or has come to you at some point to make you question your salvation experience. We have to conclude this from the scriptures that no one is born a Christian and no one can be baptized into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can, you can be all sorts of things in the name of religion, but you can only come to Christ through repentance and confession. And you have to have a sound mind to do that. Well, what about Pastor the 
the people that are born prematurely, children who, who pass away before they reach the age of accountability. I wish I had every answer to every question in the Word. The only thing that I can give you is precept, admonition, instruction, based upon the Scriptures. And one of the choice verses that I give you about children who pass at an early age who are not able to reason right and wrong, who do not or have not reached the age of accountability. I could give you all day long scriptures about Jesus and his love for children. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And I could give you all the great songs of the nursery rhymes, Jesus loves the little children of the world, and all. We, we could go into all of these things that in times of those particular tragedies tickle our ears. There is a, there is a lady in our church and probably one of the most difficult funerals I have ever preached in my entire life was the day that I stood here in this pulpit and there was a little coffin, no wider than this podium stand, where her little child had passed. I did not know her prior to the funeral. I briefly had an acquaintance with the father of this child, but I had no previous knowledge, friendship with this, with this woman and this child. And I will tell you, 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 you have no idea. You can't even imagine it. What it's like to catch the salty tears of especially a mother whose infant, whose child has left this world. And there, there are so many things that, you know, um, if we're not careful, we can make stuff up just to be nice and kind and comforting to people. And that's the last thing I want to do. I have a task when I stand before here, even with adults. My my goal and my my mission when I preach funerals is is not necessarily about the person here because I can do nothing for them. My goal and my task is for the people who come because they will face an eternity. What Whatever happened in this person's life is over. Eternity has become a reality. But I will tell you when I stand in a service and thank God I have only had to do, I, I can count them less than one hand, funerals for these precious children. We, we've had... We've had four or five people in our church family that have unfortunately taken their own lives through the years. And I've had the, the unpleasant task, one particular situation on a Sunday night, and, and the brother put a 12-gauge shotgun under his chin and literally... That night until midnight, I had a shovel in the front yard putting the remains in a five-gallon bucket. 
One, one of these days I'm going to tell you, maybe I'll sit up on the platform and tell you what, what we've done through the years. But when I stood to preach that particular funeral, it, it was with trembling from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I, it, it, was, it was totally unbearable for me, and I knew it was for the family. But I will tell you, in all of my funerals that I've ever had to preach, the most difficult one was this little child in this little box. I could hardly myself get through it. I thought preaching my father's funeral was hard, in which it was, but there's nothing like this. And the only thing that I could give with a surety from the Word of God is the precious words of David after his Adultery after his conniving, after his murder of Uriah, is when his baby died as a result of that transgression. Somehow God's Holy Spirit began to minister to David. And the pain and the suffering of all of that And the Spirit of God moved upon David to write these words. After he asked the question, is the child dead? And they said, yes, he is dead. And David went on to write these words, no doubt, because all scriptures given by the inspiration of God, moved by the Spirit of God to write these words. The child shall not come back to me, but I shall go to him. It's the greatest text in the Bible. It's Old Testament, but I believe the Old Testament is just as real and powerful and true as the New Testament. And so when we get to those kinds of situations, It's a vulnerable place in time in a person's life where the devil begins to play with our minds. And he will make people think from daylight to dark. If they have any kind of a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and I didn't know this lady prior to this situation here, but I will tell you, she has been attending our services ever since that funeral. on a regular basis. And God used a terrible circumstance to draw somebody into our fellowship. And she walks out of here every Sunday morning, catches me at the door, gives me a big hug. It's so encouraging to know how all of that started. But you know, the devil will come to people in the most vulnerable times and try to make them think that they're not saved. He will get them to question their salvation. And truthfully, there are only two people that know who is saved and who is not. See, in your life, there are only two people that know. That's you and God. I'm not your judge. Your brother and your sister definitely cannot be your judge. 
only you and God know for sure. And so I have been asked this question under all kinds of circumstances. Pastor, is it possible? Is it possible to know for sure that you are saved? The answer to that is yes, indeed. And I'm going to give you now probably one of the the most fondest verses of Scripture that I reference is one where I left off last Wednesday night, and I want to pick up tonight with that. And that is 1 John 5.13. Now, I want you to write it down. I hope that you put down the assurance of salvation. Write these Scriptures down because I'm going to give you uh, some characteristics how you can know that you are truly saved. When the devil starts to play with your mind and tries to make you think that you're not, there's a gauge, a spiritual gauge in the Word that you can you can look up and see where where you line up in those things. But this passage of Scripture, can we know that we are born again? We're talking about the assurance of salvation. And John writes, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. Now you look at that word, K-N-O-W, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So the Bible comes to us with great assurity that this thing about salvation, because it's the most important thing that anybody can ever associate themselves with, and that is the marvelous grace of God. The word teaches us that we can know. We don't have to go through life wondering and doubting and, and, and being, uh, tormented with this thought of spending a Christless eternity in hell. You can know. You can lay your head, no matter what, what you're going through in life, the most unbelievable devastation, catastrophic devastation, you can still, at the end of the day, even maybe weeping yourself to sleep, you can lay your head on the pillow with this assurance to know that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So I'm going to give you some, some confirmations and and I hope that you will write this down because uh, it will be a blessing to you. Number one, and I'm not necessarily giving you these in chronological order. You can, you can put these in any order, but for the sake of our discussion tonight, I'm going to give you in this order here. Number one, and that is if you are bearing fruit, write that down, if you are bearing fruit. And I've got a couple of scriptures I want to give you about this. Because we are told over and over in the scripture that we are not to judge our neighbor. But we have been given the right to inspect the fruit of a person's life. Now let me give you three classic scriptures and write these down. Make room for your notations. But I want to look at first Matthew twelve thirty three, And the Bible says this. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. And that, that's a fundamental 
foundational verse. But I want to go back to Matthew 7, verse number 16. Both of these passages of Scripture go hand in hand. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Well, now let's summarize all of this with a passage of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5. And I want to read for you verse 22 through 24, because when a person is born again, we're talking about fruit, and the Holy Spirit comes in. What I'm going to read for you now is the fruit of the Spirit that is manifested in a believer's life. So again, one of the characteristics and the assurance of salvation is if you're bearing fruit. And the scripture says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust, okay? <clears throat> so it's talking about a different lifestyle. We'll see that again here in just a few moments. But if you are bearing fruit, fruit of the Spirit, the second thing is this, if the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual discernment, if you are able to spiritually discern And the first scripture that I, I've got two for you here tonight under this uh, characteristic, and the first is John 16, verse 13. And it says this, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, there's no doubt about it that when a born-again believer is brought into, when a, when a person is brought into the family of God, immediately we have been given by the grace of God, the mercy of the Lord, a spiritual compass, and it's the Holy Spirit that will guide us. He is guiding our path. And so in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1, the scripture says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And listen, if, it, if, you, if you have been saved for any length of time, now it's real easy for a new convert to be led astray. That's why um, if we are not in the business of discipleship, believe you me, when a Jehovah's Witness knocks on somebody's door and they're not discipled, it's very easy for them to be maneuvered into uh, this cult-like religious lifestyle. Have you ever wondered why it's, it's virtually impossible for you 
here tonight at Beaufort Road Baptist Church. Let me ask you, if a Muslim knocked on your door and said, Allah is God, follow the ways of Muhammad, if you do, you will get this, this, and this in the afterlife. Now, those of you that are sitting here tonight, and those of you that have watched this service more than once, if if a Muslim knocked on your door and started peddling that kind of stuff, would you not know instantly that that was not true? I mean, can you tell me, can you tell me one Baptist that you know who was well grounded in the word, who chose to convert to, to Mormonism or Hinduism or this thing about Muslimhood. Have, have, I don't know of any. And this is why, because if you are discipled, if you, if you know the truth, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to maneuver you in your life and he guides you as the Word says he's promised to be our guide. And when he comes in and he begins to lead us, those who are in the Spirit are led by the Spirit of God. He is leading us with the truth. Now, he doesn't make us journey this thing of life blindfolded. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. But he gives us, let's get this scripture back on the board. First John 4, 1. The Bible says this, that if we are, if we are born again, beloved, this is talking about the brotherhood. This is talking about believers. Believe not every spirit. And that's it. That means this, that everything that comes down the highway, let me give you an example here. And I hate to bust your bubble tonight. If you, if you are associated, uh, with a gentleman, an evangelist, his name is Bobby Connor. And this is what he said. I heard him say it. He said this. He, first of all, he bases his story on an old Pentecostal evangelist but the last name, his last name was Byram. And Byram peddled this business about speaking a squirrel into existence with his faith. Now, this is bizarre. And I would not believe it if I had not heard it myself. So you don't have to believe anything of what I'm telling you tonight, but I heard it. So this guy, Bobby Connor, who is, by the way, a, a world-renowned evangelist today, in today's time, he's saying this. And I told you last week how an evangelist that I had heard recently take Acts chapter 10 out of context about the story of Cornelius and God was not a respecter of persons. And this, this guy said, well, if God is not a respecter of persons, then if Mr. Byron can speak a squirrel into existence, then I may be able to do it myself. And so, because God is no respecter of persons, that's how bad they take the word out of context. That's not what the word talks about. It means that because God is no respecter of persons, a Jew and a Gentile, doesn't matter who we are, we can be saved. But I heard this man say this in a testimonial. And people were believing him. 
He said, I was hunting in the woods and I was sitting out by a tree and all of a sudden God brought that experience of Mr. Byram to my mind and I said, God, because you're no respecter of persons, I'm going to speak a squirrel into existence. And he said, I was sitting underneath the tree and all of a sudden I began to move from the tree. I started to bob and all of a sudden I spoke a squirrel into existence. Now listen, a living organism, a living, breathing something, this man says he spoke into existence. He created life. Folks, listen, this blows my mind. Thousands of people believed it. Look at this. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Now, I don't care who it is. If Billy Graham told me, if Charles Stanley told me, I spoke a squirrel into existence, I'm going to say, then you need to speak yourself on out of here. It's impossible for a human being to speak life of any sort into existence. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, when you get saved, when you get born again, he gives you the ability to discern right from wrong, true or false. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. And it doesn't take a person which much, with much more than an IQ of plant life to understand that a person cannot speak life into the world. So, the Spirit of God, He gives us discernment. And the longer we're saved, our, dis our discernment, God waters it. He nourishes it. He, he allows it to grow and blossom and bloom. It doesn't mean that when you get saved, you know everything. Because truth of the matter is this, I'm still learning myself today. You will always be learning don't ever get to the place where you feel like you can no longer learn. If you do, that's the day your life ceases to be productive. You have to learn. All right. So you, you have to, you have to, one of the signs of being born again is that you're bearing fruit and you're able to discern right from wrong. Another one, and this is probably the most classic in all the Bible, and that is this chastisement. Do you have chastisement in your life? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse six through eight, and and I, I, I try my best. Sometimes it's by human nature that we struggle with trying the spirits or by their fruit you shall know them and separating that from being judgmental. We know we're not to judge. And we, we are told that you can know them by their fruits. But if you ever meet somebody who professes to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and they live a lifestyle sin, full of sin and open sin, vile and wretched, and have no conviction about it, not, not even a small ounce of a contrite spirit, just, just doing whatever they want and, and, Absolutely could care less about the repercussions or the consequences. 
Look, I'm not judging them. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. By their fruit, you shall know them. If a person can live that kind of a lifestyle without any chastisement, this is what the Lord says. For whom the Lord loveth, and that's talking about a believer, a child of God, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And when we become the sons of God, by the way, that's in the Gospel of John, when we become a son of God, children of God, born again. Now, the Bible says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. This is talking about people in in a born again, washed in the blood relationship. He chasteneth and scourgeth every son, every son, whom he receiveth. So one of the most important aspects, characteristics of testifying that you have been born again is if whenever we commit sin, because if we say we have no sin, then we have deceived ourselves. We call him a liar. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. So don't, don't allow yourself to be sucked up into this sinless imperfection thing. It's, it's, listen, you, all of us sin, every one of us, and we sin predominantly every day. But if we can do this without conviction and chastisement, then I would suggest you check up to see what the Bible says. And that's why I went all the way back in the very beginning to talk about salvation. Because if you are truly born again, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And here's the thing. If we are truly in the family, then we have the spirit who is leading us and guiding us not only leading us and guiding us in the paths of righteousness, but also, according to Scripture, he is rebuking us, chastening us, and that involves punishing us if we refuse to repent and get our hearts right. So, listen, if there is an absence of chastisement in your life, you need, you need to check this thing out, what you call salvation. My time is gone but I want to get through these other two very quickly here tonight. One is a demonstrated love with our behavior. Demonstrated love with our behavior. And I want to give you two verses tonight with this. In John 13, verse 35, the word says, But this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now, listen, there are things that happen in our lives in the family of God as brothers and sisters, and even in Buford Road sometimes. Listen, we might not like everybody all of the time, but we got to love everybody all the time. And then the, this last one I want to close with in this category is 1 John 3. Verse 4 through 10. And this, listen, this is an established lifestyle. This is, this is our behavior. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whoso abideth, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Now this does not mean sinless perfection. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. That's talking about a perpetual, unconvicted, unchastened lifestyle. 
Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness. Look, this is the lifestyle. This is the behavior. This is the path of righteousness. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's talking about a perpetual mannerism of lifestyle. This is the, this is the motivation of life. That's what this is talking about. For the devil sinneth from the beginning, for this was the purpose of the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That's talking about a desired lifestyle. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Again, please understand that's not sinless perfection. And this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So our behavior is certainly demonstrated in this thing of by their fruits you shall know them. One more in our close, and I'm, I'm over, but i got to finish this up tonight. Next Wednesday night, Lord willing, I'm going to give you uh, the, the, the key verses that you need to know. Well, if you're saved, and these are these key verses on the assurance of salvation, the third aspect of this is, are you saved forever? And we'll talk about that next week. But let me finish up tonight. And that is this, the characteristic of obedience. And so that is found in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. And hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now look at that very carefully. Go to verse 4. Can you get that on the screen real quick for me? 1 John 2, 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Okay, so if you want the assurance of your salvation, ask yourself this. Are you bearing fruit, the fruits of the Spirit? Do you have discernment? Do you have chastisement in your life? Do you have a a Christian motivated lifestyle? Are you obeying the Lord? These are characteristics. Again, next Wednesday night, Lord willing, I'm going to teach you and share with you these verses, believing that I am truly saved. Can you be assured that you are saved forever? We'll talk about that next week. It's been a good study. Amen. Amen. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.